This is the Halftime Oranges podcast, brought to you by Keegs and Dickie. This is another episode of the Halftime Oranges podcast. Um, today we have a fullback from NZ. He played for the NZ schools, um, the NZ under-20s. Played for Canterbury, the Highlanders, Crusaders, and now is based over in Scotland playing for the Glasgow Warriors. It is the one and only Josh Mackay. How's it going, Joshy? Yeah, going bloody good, boys. How are you? Let's go. Yeah, good, good, good. We're good. Dickie, Dickie, how are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not too bad. A little bit down the dumps, obviously, after... Um... Yeah, change the just as last night, but um, yeah, no, I've woken up this morning, the sun's still shining, so um, good on with the day. I've caught I've caught a fair bit of abuse over the, over the last night's um evening. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, been um people have been yeah. spraying you through social media, so I've heard. Yeah, I, I think I copped about fifteen um, direct messages on Instagram, um, and then countless Snapchats of abuse. So, but great game of code actually. So. One of the best World Cup games, I think, in history. But um, what are your thoughts on it, Joshy, watching? Played with a few of the yeah. two out there. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, as far as spectacle goes, like, you know, everyone, everyone sort of, that's the sort of footy everyone wants to watch, you know what I mean? Like, good running footy. Um, I didn't think Wayne Barnes got himself too involved, which was good, you know? Like, it would be pretty easy to just get quite whistle-happy and sort of take over the game, but... Um, I think considering how a lot of the World Cup games have gone, that's probably one of the free or fly ones I've seen, um, which is probably how both teams want to play, which I think made it a really good spectacle. Like, as far as um, as far as a fan goes, like, that's what people want to be watching, that sort of footy. So, no, I was buzzing the whole 80. I was pretty nervous. Um, was, you know, full standing up in front of the tally the last five minutes yelling at it. Um, so it was good to see Sammy Whitelock get over the ball in the end, but far out, the boys did their asses off. Um, but yeah, what a game right there. It's the best game of footy I've watched in a long time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was outstanding. It was outstanding. What a result. What a result, eh, Dickie? What a yeah. result. Yeah, it was a good result. Um. Anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll crack in. So, Josh, you're from, you're from Kaipoi. Um, apparently, Dickie's from there as well, but... You, from what I understand, you're the king. Um, what was it like growing up there and, and whatnot? I growing up in Kuiper, mate, it was unreal. Um, I literally grew up across the road from the rugby club. Um, so straight out the lounge room, out the kitchen, boom. As Declan would know, straight over to the uh, to the mighty footy ground. Mm. Um, the worst thing was, though, was my old man was the coach. So if I was ever a bit of a rat bag at training, uh, he'd just send me home. <laughs> so I'd rock up. I'd rock up back at home from training and mum would be like, oh, what have you done tonight? Because obviously training wouldn't have finished yet. And uh, yeah, I did the walk of shame probably too many times and I'd care to admit. Uh, but no, nah, it was awesome growing up there. Dicker, how many years did we have played for Clypewood together? We quite a few in the end, eh? We had a, we had a couple, I think. Maybe like four? Yeah, I think. yeah. Yeah. One of the, yeah, Doug didn't pick me in one of the teams one time. He put me in the um the other team, which I was actually quite upset about. But um, Out that's okay. But I do remember actually actually you getting sent home for one training. Um, Doug had actually let you up and um, 
just seen you on your wires actually yeah they were good times actually yeah sent me packing um but yeah like my old man actually he played over 200 games for Kaipui so I sort of had no say in the matter um whether I was playing rugby or not or who I was playing for um obviously growing up across the road helped a lot um my granddad was also heavily involved with Kaipui North Canterbury and country rugby so that was sort of the natural progression um he did a lot of coaching while he basically coached from under fives through till probably more or less when I went to boys high, which was sort of under 11 and a half, I think would have been probably the last time he coached, uh, coached myself and he's currently president. So since I buggered off overseas, he was like, well, I don't have any footy to directly follow and support you over here. Like obviously he's always going to support, um, you know, Canterbury Crusaders, All Blacks and all that, but since I was gone, he's like, oh, now's probably a good time to actually step up and sort of give back a little bit um, to the footy club. So, yeah, he's been president there for, for two years now, which he's, he's absolutely loving. Mm. Yeah, so you, you spent quite a lot of time there. I remember um, when I was sort of, when we were younger, I remember you and Zachy um, introduced me to the um, the legendary cowboy hedge. I remember there's like a hole in this hedge there, Kegs. It runs the perimeter and you can sneak up and climb up. And um, Zach's Josh's cousin, but I remember that. Oh yeah, watch this! They went up this hole and got it, and they just sprinted along this whole hedge, and like I've gone up to give it a crack, and like way more difficult than you look, and just like fuck, put your phone on, just go straight through the hedge. I just mean they just absolutely maniac. Oh, <laughs> well, the old man can't be hit. It's nice and old, big salty. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some times been there, and then I remember always you're always down there bull boying as well, um, and I guess. That sort of grew your love for code. Um, fucking just being around the club, and obviously Doug was a legend of the club. So um, I know you're a passionate Kaipoi man, yeah. um, and you you would you return there for a couple of senior games before you went overseas, didn't you? Yeah, so it actually worked out quite well in the end. So when I was down at the Landers, they sort of um, you know they're trying to grow club footy and, and all that down there. So we had to play club footy in Dunedin which I agree with I reckon that was great that was how I got to know Keegs um but it was actually when I came back up for that season with the Crusaders where um I was able to get a few runs out for Kaipu which was bloody awesome going up that was always sort of you know part of the plan as well like go up I'm, you know she's a pretty stacked old back three in the Crusaders so I knew I certainly wasn't going to be in the fold every bloody week so I was like well I'm gonna need to play some footy so with any luck they'll let me play for Kaipo and full credit to them they did um they didn't make me play in town um they actually didn't have any say in it all didn't even didn't even steer me in a direction so um yeah was able to play I must have played six or seven or eight games for Kaipo which was awesome because uh that was with a lot of boys who Decker and I grew up playing with um there's too many to mention it was probably more than half the team um so uh, it was pretty awesome it was a pretty awesome finally getting out on the field playing footy again I suppose for the seniors a team that coming up through the grades you know we'd all stick around in the afternoon um ball boy go inside wait for them you know we'd get our coke and raspberry and bag of chips if we'd been good um wait for them to all come into the club and do speeches and whatnot so you know to finally uh to finally get out there and you know put on the jersey that you know a lot of idols growing up and my old man had put on so many times was a was a pretty bloody fulfilling moment to be honest with you um mum actually when I ran out there had she teared up on the sideline so 
you know, she wouldn't have even done that when I did oh, yeah. for the Crusaders. So, no, nah, it was <laughs> it was a pretty special moment finally uh, getting out there for Kaipui. Yeah, I was going to say, you've obviously, you played for some outstanding teams, but like just being able to play for your, your home club that you've had, your family's life, being so richly involved, like <clears throat> that would have been, as you say, and your mum tearing up. Obviously, yeah, that would have meant quite a lot, and been a hell of a special moment. Yeah, yeah, no, it was bloody awesome. Like, you know, walking afterwards, it's just like another game for Kaipa. We're like, you know, we'd played so many together when we were younger with all the boys who we grew up playing with. Um, you know, walking in the door, seeing your old man up on the wall for the 100 club, um, talking to all the old fellas who all just love it. Nah, it was it was a bloody awesome moment. No, nah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, so I thought we'd roll into just a little bit of your, your schoolboy footy. So you obviously went to Crosshurst Boys, dare I say, the factory. Um, are you there for all your schooling, all your high schooling? Yeah. Yep. So I went to um, Kaipoid Borough primary which is just around the road from home and then went to Kirkwood Intermediate uh in Rickard and Rickerton and then yeah went on to Boys High from twenty eleven to twenty fifteen. So I was there at the same time Decker was at Bede. So yeah we'd gone from playing together a lot to then playing against each other because he'd go play for a hoker in the afternoon and I'd go play for Kaipoi and then in the first fifteen days we'd play each other and uh, it was um it was good. I absolutely loved Boys High. Um wouldn't have wanted to go to school, wouldn't have wanted to go to school anywhere else, to be honest with you. Um, you know, made a lot of good friends. Um, we did, we had, yeah, we had good teams in the first 15. We, we uh, went to top four in my first year in 2014. We um, we managed to take out the Press Cup and then beat Otago in the South Islands, went up there and who we get rolled by? I think it was... Thing was Rotorua Boys or Hamilton Boys or something, one of those sides, and then uh, play. and it was Ham Boys. What's that? I think it was Hamilton Boys because well, obviously we we had a shit first thing that year, so we're watching everything on the TV. So um, I think we even had a shit first. Happy to see boys go down quite um just quietly. Yeah, probably, probably. And then uh, yeah, thirteen was the biggie. Uh, you were skipper of beats. Yep, yeah, we were. We had that. We had that game where we lost 12-11 and you kicked um, four penalties and we've lost a heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite funny because I was get the boys high and Decker was scared. So three games off, bloody shaking hands, couple of weeks, couple of weeks. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> you boys went on to took it out that year, didn't you? Yeah, we did. You did. Um, I was going to say, you wouldn't want to go anywhere else to school, but I did hear a rumour that... Um, you did apply for uh, St. B's College. Um, is that got any strength to that statement? No, that, that, that is true. I applied for Boys High and Beats out of zone. Um, didn't get in either. So the whole reason why that was because it would have meant we didn't have to move from Kaipoi. Mm. No, didn't get into either. Oh, right, yeah. Mum and Dad, a few years prior, because um, they'd, you know, intended on sending myself to boys high and Katie to girls high had sort of had the foresight to get a rental in town, um, in boys high, girls high zone. So we moved in there so that we could, um, go to, so I could go to boys high and she could go to girls high. So pretty big sacrifice from them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'd have gotten into be out of zone, then I'd have been tracking up the main North road on the bus of Decker. 
And we're reading Blake, what are we good to see? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Not, not a, but, uh, yeah. Nah, it was good. It was good. If I'd have got him there out of zone, you know, it would have been, certainly would have meant mum and dad wouldn't have had to shift everything into town. So would have been either it's that aspect. Uproot their whole life. <laughs> um, your time at, your time at Boys High, you would have, um, would have had a few larrikins there. You got any, um, any good stories that come to mind? Um, shooting around with the likes of probably G. Houston, Nathan Evans. Um, I know you boys would have got up to a bit of mischief. You got anything that comes to mind whilst uh, you're at your time at Boys High? Um, uh, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty honest, honest young men back then. Probably nothing I could share on this anyway. Yeah, it's a few weapons. Uh, went through Boys High together. But yeah, no, nah, nothing. Certainly nothing that springs to mind. Not in my head anyway. No, that's fair enough. You um, I was gonna say one of your probably your highlights at school would have been that um, playing Christ College in that traditional. Yeah. Nah. Just what can you tell us through that experience? Because obviously, Will Jordan he scored that beauty last night. He um scored six tries that day. Um, you two ran a bit of a cutter that year. Um, but. What was it like putting 80 points on Christ College and at home and that one just been under feeling on it, didn't they? Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty crazy. Like, you know, we're we're a long time out of school now, but there's certain there's certain ones that stick with you. Um and that's certainly one of them. Like you at the time, yeah, it's massive, but it's probably more afterwards when you realise like, you know, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big game, those massive traditionals like Obviously, you when you're year nine, ten, eleven, if you're not playing or whatever, you're always there watching those big ones. Um, and like in year twelve, I think we beat them twenty-eight three or something like that. You know, it was a comfortable win, but you know, to go back year thirteen, it was the first time we just had the stand built. Um, so it was at home. It was the first time I'd been at home in ages because we used to go from college to rugby park. So. Rugby Park was technically our home. Oh, yeah. I think it was our, it was our first proper home game at Straven for, I don't know, 10 or so years. Um, and, yeah, to, to to put 80 on them was pretty unreal. Um, well, I'll have to correct you, Decker. Will scored four that day. Um, oh, my mistake. It's all right. It's all right. He scored four. I managed to bag a hat-trick and 10 conversion. Um so yeah, it was a it was a pretty handy day at the office from the boys, um, but yeah, I freaking there was like two or three minutes to go, and I broke through to try and bag another meat pie. Got cut down just before the line. Turned around, who's on my shoulder? Pop it up to Will. He trots in for his fourth. I was like, oh, you tinny bastard! But hey, he's always there. I've actually seen that clip too. Yeah, he's always there. That's the thing about Will, you know. Yeah. He, he knows how to put himself um, in the right spot and full credit to that. Like, you know, it's not easy to do. And he, mm -hmm. and he seems to make it look really easy, but it's, it's bloody not. Hmm. He showed it last night again. Mm. Um, do you think, cause that game is on Sky Sport. Um, do you think, I don't think, cause I don't think in New Zealand that they're doing the, nah, it's not reflect, it's it? been coverage anymore. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you feel, um, like having that sort of game on, on you know, massive tradition on Sky Sport. You reckon, and I think you might have had a couple. Obviously, year twelve, you're at top four, you're on TV and stuff again. Do you reckon that sort of 
helps you get a little bit of um, your foot in the door to progress your career out of school a little bit. Did you, you're in the academy and stuff already, but you, you felt like it helped sort of give yourself a bit of a name around the country? Well, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I mean, if you look at it like, yeah, I suppose you're on Sky Sport, you know what I mean? Like it is going to, it is going to get your name out there. Um, yeah, I, I never really thought about that too much, to be honest with you, but I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? That it is going to get you out there like, you know, this is Will, Will was carving up as well. Um, certainly would have, yeah, I suppose would have done a little bit to help. Um, but yeah, um, I think they have cut them, which is interesting because they're always the big ones. Hey, you'd look, oh, watch one of the Sky Sports mm. events because it's, it's pretty mm. neat to be a young fella, bloody broadcasted on Sky Sport. Yeah, is that right? I remember we, um, you guys played stack one game. It was on Sky Sport. We had an early game at 12 o'clock. I just remember racing home of um, Will Tucker and Tom Ziolo. Get it on the old My Sky delayed by 10 minutes and watching that game. I reckon, it's, yeah, it was, it was good. To, it's a bit of a shame they've cut that, I reckon. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm not sure what that was, financial reasons or something might have been, but. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Potentially pressure on. Yeah, I didn't realise that. That's actually news to me. Yeah. I think there was a bit of it around uh, it's a, putting too much pressure on young kids' shoulders as well. It was apparently a little, mm. little bit thrown around for a reason as well. Oh, well. Yeah. I love it, man. Mm. pressure. Thank God. Good, mate. Fucking meat pie on TV. Yes, it's only a swim. Get the meat pie on TV and have it on the, on the My Sky box for fucking 20 years to come. Exactly. Um, so we're going from um, obviously schoolboy footy and then you've gone through in 2017, made your debut for Canterbury, um, against Tasman. What, what was, what was that sort of like for you? Like feeling of running out for them, your home province? Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty awesome. So yeah, I'll just, I'll rewind you back a little bit. So leaving school, went, went out to Lincoln, um, and was in and into the academy so uh that was that was two pretty awesome systems um like the crusaders academy far around webby's running an absolute clinic there um and then and then lincoln uni as well was at that time was a pretty awesome sort of runway up into into pro rugby um did a little bit with the or we did the 19s tournament as well uh we actually ended up losing the semi there to wellington um but again, that was a, you know, that was a, that was a pretty good team. Um, good bunch of lads and stuff. Um, but yeah, like just that progression from like boys high, Lincoln in the academy through to finally getting the debut, um, for Canterbury was awesome. Like obviously that was my, that was my first taste of, um, pro footy, the team that, you know, watch growing up through all the. You know, through all the grades, that's where that's where you want to get to. You want to play pro footy. Um, so to finally tick that off, we actually I actually debuted against Tasman, um, up in up in Tasman, uh, which is, you know, a massive rivalry for Canterbury, um, especially at that time. You know, it was I think Canterbury had won it the year before, and Tasman were right there as well. And it was my debut of for Canterbury. Um, and we went up there and beat them 39 nil. And I was like, geez, this is bloody Christmas. You know, it was awesome. But finally got, um, we've just gone up there, Pope Tassie. I was like, man, this is bloody awesome. Um, your toilet Lincoln, can you, 
I remember you were there through those glory, that obviously you'd say a bit of a glory period for Lincoln University. Um, you had an other side. Can you talk us through, you had a back line that was pretty much, I think almost all of them went on to play um, maybe professional footy. Do you remember, you had like, give us the yep. back line you were, you were running around with? Yeah, I do remember that back line. So we had, at nine, we had Strato, Jack Strato. Um, so he's played super and, you know, a lot of minor 10 and he's, I think he's in Japan now. Um, 10, I think that's right. Yeah. 10, Brett Cameron, 12, mm, shit. 12, we had Harrison Groundwater, 13, Jack Goodhue, uh, 15 was Geordie Barrett. And then we had Caleb Markinney on one wing and myself on another wing. Which is just a fucking hell. Um, did you did you guys lose any games with that sort of sight? Um, like just in the round robin, did you ever get tipped up much? I can't remember. I, I we see that yeah that that probably says enough. If you can't remember losing, I was obviously in one for a fucking blue moon before you did like that. We well, I was if I played like twenty sixteen and seventeen, and I think that was. I think that was either title number two and three or three and four. But I think they did five in a row in the end. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty unbelievable run. But yeah, again, that was my 2016 when we had that back line was my first year of senior footy. And it was unbelievable. Like those guys were pretty much all pro. Um, Jack Goodhue had just come back from one of his ACLs, so to try and integrate him back into full footy really he more or less played the whole season with us for Lincoln and that was, he's just the absolute unit um, we had an unbelievable four pack as well Like I think from that team in 2016 there was oh there was so many Canterbury players in the mix in the end um, but yeah it was a pretty crazy back line and a lot of good guys to learn off um, but yeah, those couple of years there were, were pretty good. We did, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant, but we did a, a lot of winning there and not a whole lot of losing. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty yeah. special coming there. Yeah. Do you know the fact that you... Talk about... Oh, so no, I'll just chip in the, the fact that, the fact that you played in a club side like that and then you had to come down to Dunedin and play, play for the Sharks. A bunch of absolute battlers. <laughs> Jeez, that must have been tough. That was really no, tough. Darkies was good, mate. We had good fun. Yeah, we had good fun. We just, uh, it's as successful as the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say on your um, university career, Joshy, um, what did you, you would have been in the halls, I imagine. Yeah. Um, what did you, in, did you, you came away with a degree in the end? Nah. 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 nah, so we went there, I was like, in year 13, I was in a fortunate position, Ralph, so I signed for Canterbury, and about, probably halfway through to towards the end of the first 15 season in 2015, I signed sure. um, for 2016 with the academy, and then 2017 with Canterbury, so it was like, I knew I had this this 2016, this one year of 
academy stuff. And then the following year, oh, I was going to be with Canterbury. So I was hopefully going to, you know, rake, turn rugby into a career sort of thing. So I was like, right, what am I going to do for the next year and a half? Because obviously my attendance doesn't start till the later half of the year. I'm like, I've got a year and a half that I need to kill before bloody, you know, full-time rugby sort of things and hopefully progress to a super deal and all that. And I was like, well, probably going to have a better chance at giving the academy a real good crack if I'm at uni because I was like, ah, shit, if, if I'm on the tools all day and then rock up to academy and playing club in the weekend, I was like, it's going to be pretty exhausting. So I was like, right, I've got this scholarship to Lincoln for rugby. So I was like, means I've just got to pay for the halls. Um, the catch is there, you've got to pass all your papers, otherwise you're not free. Um, so I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to Lincoln because, you know, good club side as well. I was like, it's probably going to give me the best chance to sort of progress through. So went out to Lincoln and it was bloody good fun in the hall, man. Um, like I had Nate just down the hallway, uh, which was pretty cool. So we were in the same hall and, um, it was a bloody good year. Uni wasn't for me. Um, failed a couple of papers, so I ended up having to pay for them. Um, and then I did, I did three semesters in the end. So I did 2016, um, and then went back for the first semester of 2017. And then after that, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm wasting my own time. I'm wasting everyone else's time. I was like, I'm just going to pull pound and just focus on footy. Um, so I think I ended up doing seven papers of a bachelor and obviously you need 24. So. I've, I've almost completed one full year. Uh, so I could I could do one more and sub it for a diploma of commerce. So if I never go back, I'll go to yeah, that's, one more paper. It's not bad. So I battled a little bit. You're good in the deep pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, nah, it was... Thank God you're a good footy player. Right? Yeah, mate. Couldn't, couldn't hex it through, you know, nah, pictures. It's not... It's not for everyone. Nah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good story though. I imagine you would have enjoyed those sort of, uh, garden party sort of fest festivities and, um, those events though, uh, in your tenure as a university student. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We had, our student night was a Wednesday as well. So it meant that if you went out on a Wednesday night, you had two days to sort of get yourself back on track. Whereas the old Thursday night, it only gave yourself Friday. So that whole year, I think I only, I only did sort of one big Thursday night because just knock you around too much for footies, but um, yeah, we the Lincoln Uni student night was a Wednesday, so the garden parties were good fun. The Wednesdays were good fun. Um, that was it was a bloody good year. Can imagine when had a good crack it up. Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess we'll progress into Super Rugby. Oh, actually, nah. So before we go into Super Rugby, just going to talk about um, you played a few Ranfurly Shield matches as the. Ranfield Shield's a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Here we go for this. Um, <laughs> no stitch up, no stitch up. Well, I was just going to say, you, I think you lost the Shield in 2017 to the Naki. Yeah. Um, fuck, what, what was that sort of feeling in the sheds after that one? Yeah, that hurt because it's um, it's funny because when I came into the team, we had we already had the Shield. Um, so it was kind of like, yeah, the Shield's there, but you know, I, you know, I wasn't in the team that earned there and won the shield. So then when you lose it, it almost feels like it's not yours to lose. But did I even deserve to be defending it in the first place? You know what I mean? Um, obviously it's yeah. the team, but it's, it's hard not to feel that as a player. So 
when when we did lose it to Taranaki, like that was our last um, that was our last shield defence before we would have locked it up for the summer. I think we had the semi-finals either the week later or the week after, and it was like right, we've just got to win this Taranaki game to lock the old Earl up for the summer. And then yeah, we went out there and lost it, and it was just gutting, eh? Like. There, there's so much more on the line when the shield's on the line than just another pole game. Like, you know, obviously every game's massive, but when you lose the shield at home in front of your own fans, oh man, it sucks. And then you see them lifting it up and straight away it just sets that fire in the belly, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, losing that, you're absolutely spewing. It's like the world's ended. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, yeah. The um, how you said that you didn't really feel like you deserved to be with, uh, playing for it in a way. How how good was it when you guys won it back in twenty nineteen? Well, that must have been unreal. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely one of the um, one of the most special um sort of provincial wins I've been a part of. Um, obviously, and then to win it back in twenty nineteen was uh, it was unbelievable to be just part of that experience, you know, winning the shield. Like obviously when you're young, you're coming up, you hear all about, oh, winning the shield, winning the shield. Um, to, to finally say, yeah, you've, I've won the shield as, as a bloody good, as a bloody good feeling. And it was a good experience, um, to do it in, in the Forsyth Bar as well was obviously pretty special right at that age. I'd done, yeah, I think I'd done two seasons with the Landers. So, you know, knew the Forsyth Bar pretty well, knew, um, a lot of the Otago people. So. You know, that, that almost makes it that little bit extra special that people who in another team you've got a really tight relationship with, um, you go down there and you battle against them and you manage to get one up over them. Um, I think the only thing that sort of semi-patched up the 2017 loss was that we actually managed to take the title out that year. So that made us sleep a little bit easier at night. If we'd have not won that, then that would have been... Yeah, but a bit sucky old season, but um, nah, to, to take it off the target in 2019 and then, you know, it just sort of feels right, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something. Doing that sort of full circle of losing it, uh, not getting the challenge and then finally winning it was like, yeah, right, we've gone full circle now, we've got to defend it again. Yeah, take it, Yeah, how good. Um, so yeah, now I'll, we'll just we'll push into your super. Um, so obviously you, you went down to the, the Highlanders, debuted for them in 2018. Um, what made you sort of decide to head south down there opposed to trying to stick around with the Crusaders sort of thing? Yeah, so um, the way it worked out in the end was I was nearly going to go, well, I was going to go do um, New Zealand Sevens for sort of that 2018 period of super um, before I was going to go back to Canterbury. Um, so I was pretty much all jacked up, ready to go there. And then pretty late in the wider 10 season, um, our major called me and said, yeah, we've got a, we've got a contract for you for the Highlanders. Um, so, you know, I always wanted to be a 15s player, not a sevens player. So, um, there was, there was nothing for me at the Crusaders. I'd just signed, um, Braden and Will. So. You know, they were their sort of young lads and the, and the squad was full, so that was fair enough. I mean, they've both gone on to be all black, so can't uh, can't be too worried about that. Uh, 
and then yeah you know when the opportunity came to go to Dunedin another good thing about Dunedin it's only just down the road you know I didn't have to hop on a plane and or drive you know over to the North Island um it was pretty easy to just hop in the wagon and head down the uh head down the main road um both both in the South Island obviously so that was that was that was pretty handy um but no it was it was awesome it was um it was a no-brainer for me in the end, you know. I always wanted to play 15s, and um, it meant that I was going to be able to just go pro rugby all year round, I suppose, which was a goal of mine that I'd set basically from the moment I'd figured out what I wanted to do, which was a pretty young age. Like, if anyone would ever ask me what I wanted to do, it was play rugby. So, yeah, so that's sort of, that sort of how that all worked out. Pretty late in the pretty late in the Mighty 10 season, call from our major want to come to the landers yeah bloody i sounds good we'll see you soon and then would have been on deck in december a couple months later later that year so it all happened pretty quick in the end Shit, so you did you sort of not have anything else really going like um, you, you say like late late in the npc season um was there no, yeah. no real talks other than that nah so it was so yeah i was going to be going to um new zealand sevens based in the mount uh, um i was i was almost like starting to look for uh, accommodation and stuff. Um, so Mitre 10 usually finishes late October. We probably would have been, oh, I can't remember. It was it was certainly after the mid, middle of the season though. Um, you know, there's, there's 10 games, semis, finals. So it would have been within two months of the season finishing. Um, so no, it all happened. It all happened quick. So I was going to be going to the Mount to do New Zealand Sevens for probably, well, that'd have been about eight months, and then come back for the following Mighty End season. Uh, so no, it all it all did happen pretty quick. But yeah, if I didn't go there, if I didn't go down south, I was going to go and uh, yeah do New Zealand Sevens for sort of eight months. Um, how 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 did you find your time with the Highlanders there? Um, yeah, it was good fun. Uh, my first two years, like we had a we had a really strong back three. Um. You know, obviously Bender, Wise, and Tavita Lee would basically had those jerseys on lock if they weren't injured um, for those first two years. And then, so I think I only played four or five games in those first couple of seasons. And that was probably the first time in my career where, you know, you weren't sort of that first choice player. And, you know, obviously it was a massive step up. Um so I'm not, you know, not sour grapes or anything. Like it was, it was awesome to learn off those guys. Um, you know, all three of them are phenomenal players. Um, Bender, probably one of the best fullbacks ever. Um, and the ability that Tavita and Wise have to just break tackles, score tries was unbelievable. So, um, it was, it was awesome, you know. It was, I suppose it was a little bit of an adjustment. It was the first time I'd been out of the red and black, I suppose, underneath that, you know, Canterbury Crusaders sort of banner. Like, growing up, all my footy had been in Canterbury, um, whether it be growing up in Clarkwood, Boys High, um, Canterbury, you know, it was all, it was all, it was all red and black. Um, so that was probably the, that was probably the biggest shift, but, you know, I was young, I was enthusiastic, I was keen as mustard to get stuck in, um, and I was still pretty bloody young, like, I think I was 19 um, in my first season, so it was pretty It was pretty awesome. I always remember my debut, 
Bender was getting the rest week, so managed to debut at fullback. Um, had Wise on one wing. Um, Tavita on the other. You know, Lima was at 10. Nuggie was at 9. It was like, far out. These guys are beasts, you know what I mean? Um, here's this wee 19-year-old lad. It was against the Reds over at Suncorp. Um, I've got some family in Brisbane, so they kept out and watched. And nah, it was a it was a special night, and definitely a, a game I'll remember forever. You know, super eight debut. I was like, shit. You know, pinching myself. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome few years. And then in my third year, um, I played a bit more. That was the that was a funny old season because we started off in normal super, and then we must have been about a month into the comp. Then COVID. COVID come up, so pretty crazy story actually. So we, the Highlanders, we were touring. We it all came to a boil. So we were in, um, we were in, we started in, flew to South Africa. Then when we got there, there was like talk of COVID and stuff, and we we're all like, ah, it'll be fine, we'll be all good. And then we flew from South Africa to Argentina for the next game to play the Jaguaris. And then it's like, oh, things are getting a bit more serious now. Um, you know, the chat of maybe a lockdown. All the partners are pumping our manager. With times, like, what's happening? Like, are the boys, are the boys all good? Like, you guys might not be able to come home and all this. And we're like, oh, gee, this is getting a wee bit too serious. Like, we're trying to prepare for a game on Saturday. And then it was like game day the night before. We're like, it's like, right, this game's going ahead. You know, regardless, everyone has that chat like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. This this game's happening, sort of thing. Like, appears if it's happening. The coach is like, yeah, game's happening. Um, get to get to three p.m. on game day. Nah, boys, game's cancelled. Um, and we're out of here tomorrow. And it's like, holy moly, now we're getting serious. And then it's like, right, when we get home, we're going into lockdown. So. The way it worked was New Zealand was hadn't gone into lockdown yet or anything like that. Um, it was just normal, but because we were coming in from another place, we were going to have to go into like you know like the individual lockdown. But it was mm. absolute shambles because I was going back into a flat with like three or four other people, and it was like, are they going to be able to come and go and all this? Um, so yeah, basically we came, we flew back in like masks and everything at the airport. Um, we got back to NZ, um, we didn't know if we were going to have to go to some like manage big tent out in the field or whatever. Sure enough, we're allowed to go back home, go back home. And then about five or six days in, it's like, right, this is full serious. The whole country's going into lockdown. We're like, oh, this is bullshit. We've already been locked down for a week. <laughs> when I first got back to London, <laughs> I plug it off hunter. I went off hunter for two nights. I was like, oh, I'm not sitting around doing this. Like, I'm just going to go hunting. I was real naive. I was like, I'm safe in the hills. No one out there has got COVID. Um, and then get the message like, oh, you're going to have to come back. Like, you know, it's getting a bit serious. I was like, oh, Jesus. So then I buggered off back up, up to mum and dad's in Kaipoi. Um, but yeah, that was, that was how COVID sort of kicked off for us. And that, the third season of Super was, yeah, it was hectic. So I've gone on a bit of a tangent there, boys, but, um, yeah, that was hell. Glory though. Yeah. So then we obviously had the um, what were we sort of two months or so, and then it was like right, the South African teams they're gone, the Jaguaris they're gone, the Sunwolves they're gone. What the hell are we gonna do? Aussie can't go to Aussie, 
And then that was when Super Rugby Aotearoa was um, was sort of formed. And it was like, we're going to do what? Jeepers, we're just going to play each other. Um, so that third season was the season of Super that I played the most. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was a, it was a did you, did you, funny season. Did you find when it went to Super Rugby Aotearoa, um, did it get boring as a... Um, a player just playing those same four teams for what have been close to what just two years pretty much almost yeah Are you get yeah. over it not, um, not not getting over to Australia and South Africa playing everyone else yeah obviously those those away trips are awesome for team bonding they're the ones you want to be on you know you're away with the lads for two sometimes up to three weeks during super um to then going away so like you know you do maybe same day travel or you'd go away just for one night because they want to keep you in your wee bubble as much as possible it was certainly different it was probably it was probably more similar to well it was very similar to the sort of minor 10 travel um you just get in get out um but yeah we were playing each other a lot like i think every five weeks you'd you'd almost be playing the team the same team again so it was definitely harder but i suppose well, this is certainly the way I looked at it. I'm like, we either do this or we don't play. So for me, when you boiled it back to that, it was like either you play all the New Zealand teams, you know, two, maybe three, with when we'd play Crusaders in pre-season, play them twice again, like, you know, sometimes up to four months in a season. But the alternative was, was don't play. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah. did play the same teams a lot, which you can get a bit sick of, but... At the end of the day, it's professional sport, you know, like you've just got to get over that and it's so much better doing that than not playing. Did they, um, did they, was there any discussions when COVID hit, um, did they, talk, was there any discussions like around your contracts? Did they, did they have to have a word? Did you boys get trimmed down a bit at all? Yeah, we did get trimmed down. Um, it was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, the NZ Rugby Player Association's they bet on behalf of the players. They, they do a bloody good job. Uh, they sort of went into bat for all the boys. Yeah, we, we all did get cuts in the end. Um, but, I mean, we were lucky. You know, a lot of people lost jobs. Um, yeah. Lost yeah. lost businesses yeah. that they'd built up. Like, we were, you know, by no means worried about that. You know what I mean? Like, there was far more serious things yeah. going on yeah. than a bunch of rugby players having a whinge about getting some money taken off them you know like it was bigger than that it was, it was bigger than that you know the whole country was hurting um i suppose thinking back to that time we just wanted to try and put some smiles on people's faces you know what i mean we were mm. we were still in mm. employment you know bottom line yes it's rugby and it's fun but you know for all of us it's still employment so um we were lucky to be still being paid still still being able to go around and yeah. play these teams and just do what we could for the community to try and put some smiles on faces because, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty isolating and, and tough time for a lot of people in the whole country. Yeah. You did say, there was, you made that point about the partners um, bombarding the manager when you're on tour and um, sort of leads into our, uh, a new segment we've um, actually got uh, on this potty, yeah. um, which is called um, Match Made in Heaven. Um, so we've been in touch with the little lovely girlfriend, Willie, um, just to ask her a couple of questions. Yeah. And um, 
we'll ask you the question first, you get your response, and then just see if it um, it matches up with her uh, her answer, which we've got a, a voice note for, so we'll play it back to you. Um, we're hoping she hasn't colluded with you. Nah, she's not. Um, we'll see how we go. She's not. Okay, that's good, good on her. <clears throat> um, well, the first one, do you, you've got the order, you've got the new keys, you know the order, if I just ask whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. You just fly away, bro. I've oh, got us here. Okay. So the first one we got here, Joshy, is um, what's the most romantic date he's taken you on? Um. Oh, well, we went out for dinner last night. <laughs> we probably don't really go on like a romantic date as such. Like we've had some nice holidays together where the whole thing's sort of been. Uh, yeah, I suppose what you class romantic, but if I had to, uh, if I had to trim it down to one, I'd probably have to go. Oh, not long before we came over, oh, I we went we went on a jet boating trip up the Dark River, and just down at Central, it was absolutely beautiful. We had um, Savaloy Port, Savaloy's for lunch. And yeah, we went on a beautiful jet boat trip, and that would I'm locking in that. That's your answer. Oh, for this one, that this is gonna be fantastic. I think your how you classify romantic and how Lily classifies romantic might be two different things. But um, here we go. Here we go. I have re-recorded this one a million times because it's hard. We do lots of nice things together, but in terms of like a date. It would probably have to be in earlier this year, Josh had surprised me with a weekend away to this really nice hotel that I've been wanting to check out. And we had like a summer day and ate really good food. And yeah, it was just really nice because it was a complete surprise. So I had no idea what was happening. And yeah. Oh, so not quite the uh, jet boating trip up the dark river. I'll be happy. It does sound like you've done yourself on that one. Yeah, it looks like you sold yourself a bit short there. Absolutely yeah. blind it. Right, an absolute clinic. Um, right, second question we've got here is, um, what nickname do you have for him? Nicknames. Probably just Babe. You know, a bit of a Babe. <laughs> nah, I don't know him there. So I just call her Lil and she just calls me Josh. Um, what would she have said? Nah, honestly, boys, I don't know, eh? I, I, I have no right. idea right. what she's going to say here. Okay. Um, the nicknames are pretty basic, really. Just Joshy or... Sausage sometimes and things all through my sausage stuff. And it's just kind of stuck. Um, aside from that, I can't really think. <laughs> yeah, sausage. Don't know where sausage come from. Well, you did. All the rest of it, I'm not surprised. You did mention the stabiloids. Yeah, true, true. Not far off. So it's, so it's implied. Yeah, I'm not surprised with that one, to be honest. Don't know about um, that. It's good, though. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully um yeah hopefully the lads pick up on that maybe get at a training next week um right what do we got here next one um 
Has he ever cried during a movie or TV show? Nah. I don't reckon. Quicker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. cried during a movie or a TV show. Not like sobbing or anything like that, but definitely, you know, on long haul flights or anything like that, he is in his own zone with his headphones on and you'll just look over and he is absolutely losing it. Like, happy tears at movies but aside from that no yeah she said yeah. the joyous man yeah hey, you get a bit delicious like, you, know, you really like to get locked in sir oh yeah you do i was just gonna say you seem like you really when you're watching something you really like to get locked in hey like how you talking about the avs game last night yeah yeah just want to stay home get locked in yeah yeah that's uh that's pretty true um what do we got here? So I'd say you're probably taking along at two from three here, Josh. It wasn't too bad. We've got two to go. Um, what's the worst present he's ever bought you? Jeez, I've probably bought her some things, to be fair. I know, I know I've definitely bought her some things that are of dual benefit, if that makes sense. <laughs> Benefiting her and I. Oh, so I what, can't. But yeah, if I had to... If I had to pick something, it would probably be something that is probably going to be of benefit to me just as much as it is, as it is her. <laughs> right. Worst present. There actually haven't been any bad presents because I've tipped them all. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a fair shout as well. I'm a bit hopeless on the pink front. <laughs> Well, to be, to be honest, to negotiate or to negate rather buying a bad present, I'll just be, I'll say to her like, what do you, what do you want? What do you feel like? Just narrow it down for me. Otherwise you can hold that or something nasty. <clears throat> That's uh, just a waste of money. <laughs> not, not awfully really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm with you there though. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. You're better off just sort of getting it narrowed down for you, eh, instead of, uh, Going and blind, and then being like, "Oh, cheers, that's real cool." <laughs> um, right, last one. We've got um, what's the one thing that he does that gives you the biggest ick? Um, oh, I'll sometimes just be sitting on the couch in my own little world, and then I'll like I'll try and do this whistle that I randomly sometimes do like imitating the kettle I'll just be sitting there I'll just be like and then she'll be like start throwing pigs at me and stuff on my arms didn't even realise I was doing it <laughs> what else gives her that oh that you know that like stupid dance I'll sometimes just bust that out and she hates that too um probably one of them too if I was a betting man then I'd probably say one of them two things. Probably, probably that one, actually. You know that stupid bloody pissed-up dust I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That, that definitely yeah, gives it well, a hack, so I'm hoping that'll be her answer. Could have to be, oh, I don't know what the dance is called. It's a TikTok one. You know the one where they um, do, like, the bunny ears and they joke around? Every time something good happens or he's got a few drinks or... If... Yeah. Just any occasion, really. He seems to pull that one out and... 
every time that makes my skin okay yeah yeah nah i'm not surprised <laughs> right on the button you know we all like a bit of encouragement or so sometimes that will be the reason why i'll pop that out but um, yeah, I don't think I'd be making a TikTok of myself doing it, or if, if there was a if there was a camera out, I probably wouldn't be doing it. Oh, I'm tough. <laughs> actually, you've actually done pretty well. Yeah, you've done well. Actually, for the days of the video, I'm not a bad start. You pulled through, too. You pulled it there. Um, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, I'm, yeah, you can carry us on, Keeks. Yeah, I guess um, I actually wanted to touch on one thing before we were going to shoot over that, talk about your trip to Glasgow and whatnot. But before we touch on that, I just wanted you to run us through this, um, found a wee video on YouTube, uh, Josh Mackay's Sweet Shepherd's Pie video. Oh, I wanted you run through this, run through this with us. Um, yeah, it looked... I won't say the, the 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 final result of that shepherd's pie. I'm I'm sure we'll clip it and um get your thoughts on it. But the final when you've dished out and skipped it out didn't didn't look overly um shall I say uh, appealing. Mm. Um, but was that is that your own recipe there? Or no, sorry, I thought, I thought Sue's recipe or just the one that's whipped up off the internet. Nah, um, I thought you were about to whip the whip the video up. That was why I was like went a bit silent. Um. Uh, so, so that the actual not that technically advanced yet. Yeah, I was gonna say boys are sharp. Um Nah, that's a massive stitch up because so um one of the one of the ladies at the landers at the time sort of I think there was a couple of us that did different um different recipes and it just happened that my bloody name rhymed with sweet shepherd pie. Someone and it was a vegetarian um, sweet. No, what was it? Yeah, it was a vegetarian shepherd pie. Yeah. Which was a massive stitch up from the get go. So, um, I didn't even know where the recipe came from. I think it was like one of those new world recipes or something, maybe, or just some random one offline. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was, it was definitely Hunty part of the video as well. And maybe Brown or someone else, but, um, yeah, we had to go out and cook some stuff and, Nah, I can honestly say I never whipped that up. That was a disgrace of a meal. <laughs> it was a bit bloody thick up. Ethereum shepherd's pie. It wasn't you. <laughs> I didn't think question mark. I said it was vegetarian. It just didn't uh, just quite add up. Then yeah, certainly. Your, 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 your face in the video as you're um, pulling it out of the oven and dishing it up, there's a there about three takes at it, looking at it going, oh, hell, is this, is this one it is? <laughs> Just trying to do everything I could to make it look a bit better, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it was probably done. <laughs> yeah, that was a little chuck that one. Um, can you cook? Are you a good chef? Um, oh, not really, to be honest. Lil does most of the stuff around here, which is quite handy. Um, but yeah, if she's if she's busy or whatever, then I'll 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 dip up in the kitchen. But certainly a, a lot more boring than her, you know. I'll, I could quite happily just eat a steak or lamb chops and spuds and broccoli and every night, you know what I mean? Just rotate the meat, spuds and broccoli. I'm, I'm, I could eat pretty boring, uh, but it's good because Lil keeps it, Lil keeps it interesting in the kitchen, which is nice. 
Yeah, nice classic meat free veg kind of guy. Yeah, well, I can't go wrong with them. Yeah, nice. Um, I guess we'll we'll shoot over into your time now. So you're obviously living in Scotland, playing for the Glasgow Warriors. Um, I saw an article. You've got a bit of heritage, Scottish heritage, but like not enough to, um, like not enough to have a passport, whatnot. So you, you just moved over there just for an opportunity, sort of thing. Like talk us through moving over to the other side of the world and playing in the URC. Yeah. Um... Ah, it's been awesome. Um, I've absolutely loved it. Lil's was loving over here too, which um, which sort of makes it a lot easier as well. Um, but yeah, so um, originally the Mackays are from way up north in Scotland, but we moved over to New Zealand in like 1850s or something. Um, and obviously to, to qualify, you need, it needs to be like an immediate grandparent. Um, but the reason why I was able to get an ancestry visa is because, so my mum's adopted and her birth mother, so technically my birth grandmother was, she was born in England. So that means that I was able to get the, um, get the ancestry visa for the UK, which means I'm able to do or play professional sport over here because the normal visa doesn't permit pro sport. Um, there's obviously certain variations and, and reasons why that can be exempt. But in my situation, the only way for me to play rugby in the Northern Hemisphere or in, in Great Britain anyway, is on the ancestry visa, which luckily enough, um, my birth grandmother happened to be from England. So, so that was how I qualified, um, obviously to do, to play for Scotland for someone like myself, I'd have to do five years here. Um, which is a bloody long time. Like I've not even done two years, you know what I mean? So that's certainly not in the plans. Um, but no, living in, living in Glasgow is awesome. I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't really know much about Glasgow, um, before coming over here. Um, but there was a, there was a couple of Kiwi boys in the team. So, um, my mate Cole Ford, so I reached out to him and, um, nah, he, he, he spoke highly of the club and stuff and all that sort of thing. So. Um, that was a good opportunity to come over, um, and sort of, and sort of change things up. Like I sort of looked at it. I was like, if I stayed at the Crusaders, then obviously it's a pretty, pretty good back three. I was like, oh yeah, I just want to play rugby. Um, I just want to be on the field. So they were looking for an outside back and yeah, I was more than happy to come over and sort of experienced something completely different. Um, like I'd been out of my comfort zone a little bit when I moved to Dunedin, but she's nothing like moving to the other side of the world. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got no regrets. I've absolutely loved playing for the Warriors. Love the, um, love the club, love the boys. Everyone's so welcoming. Um, it's an awesome environment. We were, we're playing pretty good footy now. When we first, when I first came over, we, yeah, we were going all good as well, to be fair, but we sort of bonded out towards the tail end of the season. Um, whereas last year, we, we picked up our act quite a bit, had a pretty bloody good season. Uh, we ended up losing the, the second tier, sort of the European cup, not the big dog one, but the second tier, we ended up making the final of that. We did lose it to Toulon, but, um, uh, that was just a really good experience for, for everyone in the club, really. It had been a while since we'd. We'd been to a final and all, the, and all that sort of thing, but 
Ah, uh, mate, Glasgow's a good city. It cops a bit of a hard rap. But yeah, no, I've, I've absolutely loved it. It's, it's completely different over here. As as you're in Ireland now, you'll you'll know that. Yeah, nice. I was um, you guys URC starts this coming weekend. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Who you guys? Who you guys got round one? Uh so round one we've got Leinster, and ooh, I don't know if you guys know much about them. You possibly do. You possibly might not. They, they've, they've. Yeah, I've been in a unique situation. I've more or less been the benchmark, um, certainly in our comp. But the last two seasons, I've come unstuck. Uh, I've lost five. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of the Irish players. What's that? I've lost both those finals, eh? But are they? Are they? They won't be available this week. Well, obviously, all those Irish players will be sit down. So you'll be looking to. Um, You'd be locked in a run of muck on them. They'd better buddy not be playing, Nicola. <laughs> uh, yeah, Leinster, they've, they've built a humongous squad. So, like, they've got the luxury of they lose more or less most of their starting 15. And um, they're a bit like they're a bit like the Crusaders. You know, they can lose a lot of first-line players and still put a bloody good team on the field. Um we're we're still going to be missing quite a few of our boys do uh, through just you know World Cup stand downs boys having boys having some time off and stuff. Um, but no, it's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game to start the season. My first for sure. Uh, they they're a bloody good outfit. You know they're well drilled. They've got a massive squad. Yeah, I say. I mean, yes, they've not won as many titles as what they possibly could have done in the last two seasons. Um, but. You know, they're certainly there or thereabouts as far as the benchmark goes. Like they've they've been there or thereabouts to win the last two European finals and the last two URCs. Um, but they've just won semis and finals, you know, in the last minute. So they'll be looking for a bit of redemption this season, I'd imagine. Um, particularly now that a lot of those boys are just bowed out of the king. Uh so they're a team that's gonna need no external motivation. Um you know, they're, they're, they're a good bunch, but you know, we're looking, we're looking to go one step further this year as well. We're in the, we're in the May European, um, Champions Cup. No, I don't even know what it's called. I think, no, we are in the champ. There's the challenge in the champ. We we're in the challenge last year. So we're in the May, I think it was called the Heineken's, um, Heineken's, but we're in that one this year and no, we're, we've had a bloody good preseason and we've had a couple of preseason games and, uh. We had a massive, we had a massive off season, three months in the end. Um, but yeah, nah, everyone's pretty excited to finally be back into footy. I played my first game yeah. last weekend because I blew my foot to bits. Nah, it's all, it's all talk, talk us through that injury. What, 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 what did you actually, what did you actually do to your, um, your hoof in the end? Yeah, so I did my Liz Frank in the end, which is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in the middle of the foot. Um, where the toes sort of connect to the, it's basically right smack in the middle of the foot. Your toes come in like a lot further than, than what, it, than what you actually realize. Mm. Um, but basically my foot went like that. So I got landed on, landed on like that straight up and down and then and just basically went, which was pretty gnarly to be fair. Um, when I sort of limped off the field, I was like, Ooh, this is, this is no good here. Um, and I've heard of boys doing their Liz Frank before, 
And I was like, ah, oh, shit, it's not, it's not ideal. Obviously, no injury is ideal. Um, but yeah, knew it wasn't, wasn't one of the great ones to have, especially for an outside bat. Huh? So he ended up having to get a titanium plate and four screws put in, just sort of, because I broke bones and torn ligaments and stuff. So it was pretty nasty. Um, so got that. 10 weeks later, got that all taken out because it was my right foot. So my kicking foot, I'll show you the x-rays. Um, so it was my kicking foot and I sort of had to chat with the coach because we had such a long off season, we kind of agreed that the best path forward was going to be to actually get the plate taken out. So 10 weeks after the first surgery, um, 10 weeks after the first surgery, got the plate taken out. So that's sort of the middle of my foot there. And that's the plate and four screws going in. Oh, here you go. Um, and then this is the top view sort of going through. Oh, button. This, the, that's the... Oh, oh Jesus. Put it right up the guard. Yeah, he done a good job there, Joshy. So she was not the job. She was not ideal. Um, but no, I mean, it's seven months in the end I was out. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, the Liz Frank's usually a six to seven month plus. So six months, seven months if you get the second surgery, which takes it out. But it just meant that had I not have got the screws and plate taken out, I come back, I'm trying to cut. It's the friggin' ball bouncing off screws and plate. Yeah, that would have been it's horrible. Yeah. I was like, nah, get it out, and then we'll go from there. So, nah, there's basically been no complications, which have been good. It's all right. smooth. Managed to get the first game back last weekend, so kind of feels like all the hard work you put in is validated. Um, and just in time to, um, just in time to miss the first block of preseason, which was absolutely grueling, watching the boys get flogged, and just in time for the games. So, yeah, you boys, the boys say that it was all timed out, but um, no, nah, that just that was just the way that it worked out. Do you? What do you um? In that rehab period of seven months, what do you get up to? Do you, you obviously still go into training and have your physios and stuff? I imagine at your centre, but um, you'd have a lot more downtime. Did you? You pick up any um any hobbies or uh, or how do you sort of pass time? Um, oh, it was. It's weird. Like I was at the start of it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have heaps of time sort of thing. The first two weeks I was basically couch bound more or less. Um, mm. So I was just playing PlayStation, um, which was, yeah, it was actually bloody good fun. Um, what, what, what were you running? What were you running on the console? What were we playing? But FIFA, but a 2K? Nah, I actually just went all in on Skyrim. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know what that is. Yeah. That's sort of that. Yeah, it says it says it here. It's a bit of a name. <laughs> yeah, I barely even know what that is. To be honest, but I, I do know the name. I do know the name. I've put some serious hours on the thumbs in those two weeks. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was weird. Like you literally have to start back, like training your toes, how oh, yeah. wiggle and work again, and yeah, like I did like three months in a moon boot in total, sort of thing. So that sort of makes your foot work all funny in your ankle. So it was, mm. it was pretty weird. It was, it's definitely the worst injury I've had by a mile. Um, so yeah, you, you got to tip your hat to those boys who are, you know, ACLs or, you know, getting injured back after like back to back injuries. Like it's bloody tough, man. Like we, 
like, you know, you're still expected to go in probably after the first month where I couldn't do a whole heap, you know, you're in four times a week with the physios. Um, the first probably six weeks, we were still in season. Um, we still had games and whatnot, and then the season finished. And then that was, it was pretty tough when the season finished because most of the boys were either off with Scotland or off home on holiday, whereas all us injured boys, we were just keep rocking in every day. Uh, yeah. We'd sort of planned it out because all the physios, they've been, they know the injuries. They know what you can roughly do when. So we planned it out right at the start. It was like, right, when's going to be the best time for me to get back to New Zealand sort of thing? And we agreed that later on, when I was more mobile, was going to be better because meant I didn't need as much hands-on time with the physios. I didn't need, um, I could do my own running and all that sort of thing. Like I was going to be able to get a hunt in and stuff. If I went back straight away, I was going to be good to nobody. You know what I mean? I would have been sat around on the couch feeling sorry for myself. So did probably it was probably four-ish months after the surgery. I was able to get back home. So I got back home in three weeks. That was good. Catch up with all the family. Um, sort of really refresh, get down south, catch up with Lil's family, then come back. And when I came back, I was in I was in a pretty decent spot where I knew it was roughly two months before the games were going to start. Um, and we were able just to sort of tick off boxes as we went each week um, after... Basically, once I'd got him back from New Zealand as well, the team was back in for pre-season. So, you know, it went from, there might have been five of us in, rehab boys in for the day to, you know, the whole squad's back in. And, yeah, the days when the squad comes back in is slightly longer because there's just more boys in there and, like, we're following the schedule. But for morale, it's so good, you know, seeing all the boys who you've not seen for ages. It just really helps you get through your day. Um, and then just slowly transition back into team training. Um, and then the week before we played, had those final little boxes to tip. Um, you know, those final wee Broncos you've got to run to prove that pass in there. Yeah, finally passed all that. And yeah, she's clean sailing now. I was able to get through 50 minutes um, without even, you know, batting an eyelid at the foot. So, nah, it was, it was pretty rewarding to, you know, look back on the previous seven months and go, yep, nailed it. Right, next job. She's... She's a normal foot again. Beauty. Yeah, it would have been rewarding to get back into it. Um, did you catch anything on your on your hunting trips, Joshy? Yeah, managed to. Uh, we get managed to. Uh, was out with Jesse and a couple of the other boys. We got some pigs. We got a couple of deer. So no, nah, it was it was a successful trip and good to sort of scratch that itch as well. Um, nah, it was it was it was bloody good, mate. Get back home and get back out in the hills. Get back into it. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Um, can you hunt in Scotland? Have you looked into it? <clears throat> yeah, you can, but you've just got to know people. Like I've been, I've done one proper hunt here, and that was just by chance that I met a fella at a um, at a at a club one day who was keen for one of the boys to come up, and they were just opening up a new club rooms, and he was like, "Oh, if you come up to the club and sort of shake some hands, we'll jack a hunt up for you." I was like, "Well, I say no more." Uh, <laughs> but he, but he, he's four hours away up in the Highlands so ah, that was a wicked hunt though it was good to get out and sort of hunt some different hills like people, a lot of people say it's similar over here as far as like the country and all that the countryside and yeah it is similar but um, it's, it's still very different you know like 
and we've got some rugged hills in New Zealand. Yes, I've got them here, but there's some similar areas in New Zealand, but ah, mate, New Zealand, we've got it good back home. <laughs> um, I guess we might uh, probably start sort of wrapping it up, I guess, unless like you sort of, we've got a couple more things to take off, but footy-wise, Dickie, is there much more you sort of want to cover? No, no, I think the career speaks for itself so far. Um, no, no, I think we've, t we've taken most of off. I hopefully the listeners have, uh, have got what they want to want to hear out of the, uh, the Josh McKay career. Bit of an insight. Um, but uh, no, no, I think we're all right there with the footy stuff. We can we can move along to what else we've got teed up. I just had, we, we put a couple Insta, or we put a um, story up on Insta. We had, we had two questions come in, um, both from the same person, actually. Um, That's, who was this? Uh, <laughs> uh, have a guess. Who do you reckon? If you had. Nah, no idea. Any idea? Uh, Cole Forbes. Oh. And then he came back with another and said, why do they call you Piggy? <laughs> well, Cole's actually the true Piggy. I will leave that <laughs> up for the, to the, to the listeners' imagination. What else we got, Keys? We got to do our other segment and then sort of yeah, wrap up finish, finish off with our this or that segment. A bit of a staple on the potty at the moment, so keep it going, I reckon. Yeah, right. On. Um, if you have any others come up while we're going, but we've got the classic, Josh. We've got a couple, three there are usually the um the staples of the segment, but we've got um we've got fish tacos or no tacos. I'll go fish tacos. Good man, good man. Um, we've got show or grower. Grower all day long. I'm waiting for the day we get a bloody uh, get a shower on this podcast. But the only thing is, as soon as someone says they're a shower, everyone will be going, "Geez, that all is that all you is that all you're packing down there?" As soon as they get it out, so yeah. I doubt we'll get one. Um, we've got top three blokes to have a um have a Sunday session with, and I imagine you would have had a few characters from your time uh in the southern southern part of the South Island. I'm sure there's a few um, interesting characters in Glasgow as well, but um, have you got any that come to mind top three? Yeah, definitely Cole. Cole Forbes. Uh, um, Barracuda Buckman. And uh, Tom Sanders. That's a lineup. That is a lineup. Indeed. That was quick too. That's probably the quickest. <laughs> top three we've ever had. Yeah, three absolute weapons. Three weapons indeed. Um, was the just your opinion on whether the moon landing was real or it was staged? Um, yeah, I'll go with real. Oh, I can go with real. Conspiracy theorists, but uh, we'll go with real. We'll lock it in. Righto. Um, and then one for tonight. You going for yeah? Well, not going for, but who do you think will get over the line? South Africa v France. <laughs> Um, well, everyone thought so much math about the Southern Hemisphere and we've done two from two so far. So as far as I'm concerned, boys, up Fiji and up South Africa. Let's do the full time. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, that's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. Um, we've just got one here. We had, we asked this question to Fabian, actually. Fabian Holland, obviously um, another Boys High alumni. Um, throwing it back to the school days, obviously passionate rivalries. We've got um, Christ College or St. Bede's. He he went with St. Bede's, which was quite surprising, I thought, but I'd love to hear your opinion on the matter. 
I think what will put me over the line here is the 80 nil day. So I'm going to go college. Still fresh in the memory. I like it. Although 11 12 was a very satisfying victory. <laughs> that was yeah, that was a dark day. It was, uh, Will Tucker got capped that day and he was, um, he was, yeah, it was a very silent shit and he wasn't very impressed after that game in, in the, in the shit. Knowing him, he's probably still angry about it. Yeah, he will, yeah, he will be, he will be. Angry old man. Yeah. Um, well, that's about it really. Um, yeah, well, that's all we've got really, Keegs, unless you want, you probably wrap it up for us. Yeah, no, nah, that, that's, um, I think that's all from us. Absolute pleasure, Joshy. Thanks for jumping on. Um, fuck, you've been an absolute legend. And all the best for your URC season with Glasgow. Yeah, cheers, boys. Cheers for getting me on. Um, ah, bloody good to have you on and hopefully uh, not too boring for the listeners. No, nah, no, nah, I think, uh, thanks for coming on, Joshy, but I think just going off in our last episode, um, I think we, we're on the improve with this one. Um, shout out to Joey Gavigan. Got a bit of beef going on with him, but um, review here, great. So you should be fine, Joshy. Um, but thanks for joining us and um, we'll catch up with you another time, hopefully. Cheers, Joshy. Too easy. <laughs>